tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes. Nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCI US LLC. This is Joy News today. My name is Benjamin Akakpo. Welcome aboard. We're live on DSTV channel 421, Go TV channel 125. Coming up, MPP conducts primaries in Asin North constituency to elect a candidate who will contest on the party's ticket in the 2024 general election. We have updates on today's polls. Majority leader Seiche Mensa Bonsu confirms Justice Gertrude Tokon will be approved today by Parliament as Chief Justice. We have details of a leadership press briefing at which the minority leader details his expectations on the upcoming mid-year budget review. We'll bring you details of that. Also coming up, data by the Ghana Education Service shows over 300,000 school children lack furniture in the northern region. That's the latest on our series, Ghana's Schools of Shame. We'll bring you details of that as well later on the show. And later on Climate Focus today, we tell you how the hazardous disposal of lorry tires is working against Ghana's efforts towards its attainment of the 2030 Climate Action.
We have details of all of these, plus business, sports, world news, and showbiz, all in this hour. Stay with us. Joy News Today returns shortly. Two people are contesting in today's MPP primary to select a parliamentary candidate for the Assin North by-election. Party delegates are voting in that constituency to decide whether Frederick Amwache or Charles Opoku represents the MPP in the 27th June by-election in determination of a substantive parliamentary candidate for the area. Today's primary is being conducted by the MPP as occasioned by the declaration of the Asin North seat vacant following the Supreme Court's judgment on the Jachikwesen candidature. According to the party's director of elections, Evans Nemako, the party has put in place measures to ensure a smooth, free and fair election. I don't think the good people of Asin North will choose between somebody who is a liar Somebody who had lied, somebody who sworn affidavit and lied against somebody that the new Patriotic Party will present. I want us to wait and have our candidate elected today, and then we can take it up. But the NDC can go about their usual antics of telling lies, allegations which have no foundation. They can continue with that. What I can assure you of is that the new Patriotic Party is focused. The seat that was won in 2020 by default is going to be taken back. And I can assure you that Tuesday 27, when the EC pronounces the winner of the election, it will be the candidate sponsored by the new party. I'll give it to them to go ahead with the allegations, to go ahead with their lies, but I think the good people of Arsenal are discerning enough to know who to vote for. On that note, the new Petrosi Party has put in place enough arrangement to have a very successful constituency delegate conference. And we hope that this will give to us the person who the majority of the people of Arsenal will vote for. Mm. Well, staying on that front, the national youth organizer of the party, Henry Nanabwachi, believes whichever candidate wins in today's election will be strong enough to battle it out with the NDC in the general election. He spoke with Adum, Adum News reporter Samuel Amok earlier on Newsdesk. Um, so far, we are happy with the process. We started the process um, somewhere last week, and then uh, they picked their nomination form. They filed two people filed. We tested them, we screened them, and then uh, the committee passed them to contest. Both gentlemen are qualified. They are both Ghanaians. They are 21 years and above. They do not hold world citizenship. They are registered voters. They are hardworking, humble, affable. They think they are team players. We are happy. In fact, the polling station executive will determine who will be our candidate, and we are going to wage an effective campaign. As far as for the new progressive party, both of them, the one that we are going to settle on today, any of them, they come from Assembly. That is why the NDC is panicking. The Assembly is no longer going to be a prospect for the NDC. The NDC is taking back the Assembly, and that is why they are moving around panicking here and there. I've said it, and I'm going to repeat it. Nothing will stop the MPP from judging from the NPP. Absolutely nothing. And I'm speaking as a national organizer, and I know what I'm saying. Nothing will stop the MPP from judging from the NPP. Meanwhile, the NDC's Deputy General Secretary, Mustafa Gbande, is optimistic and none of the MPP's candidates can withstand Jachi Kwesen's candidature. today uh, is not popular on the ground. They have done nothing for Ghanaians. They have done nothing for the people of Asenot. They have come out to 
complain how as of 2020 all projects in that constituency came to a halt after the election and just last week uh, <laughs> those contractors are suddenly back to side back on site it is also clear from the litany of issues we've been talking about from two days ago that the MPP is in the business of borrowing popularity from a candidate who does not himself vote in uh, a Senate. Let's take you to Parliament now, where the approval of Chief Justice nominee Gertrude Tokono is uh, taking place. We know the Majority Leader, Oseiche Mensabunsu, says he expects that Parliament will approve the nomination of Justice Gertrude Tokono as Chief Justice today. Now, uh, yesterday, the minority announced they would join the majority colleagues in approving her nomination, which makes the path to approval much easier. And speaking to journalists, the majority leader lauded both sides of the House for engaging fruitfully on the matter and backing down on entrenched positions. Let's take you now to Parliament as we check out what exactly is transpiring there in the midst of the parliamentary approval uh, process. Kweku Asante joins us with more from Parliament. Kweku, have you cited the committee's uh, work or report so far on this beat? Is to prove that if you have a birth certificate and it's written on it Ghanaian, you may not be a Ghanaian at the point in time. That ha has to be proven by the state. Because otherwise, all of us have to prove on every each day that we are not, we are a citizen of Ghana because I've not acquired the citizenship of another country. So, Mr. Speaker, Article 8 is not enough for you to, to rule that a Ghanaian birth certificate is not a proof of citizenship. Mr. Speaker, it might be that it is only Ghana that may have a law that will say that when you have a birth certificate, that birth certificate is not proof of citizenship. I hear and advocating the Chief Justice nominee suggested that if a foreign mother or a mother who is an American acquire, I mean, gives birth in Ghana, that child may not automatically be a Ghanaian. She is right. Indeed, Mr. Speaker, if you take the form that you feel to acquire a birth certificate, on that form, the mother would have to prove her own citizenship. If the mother says she's an American and gives birth at Rich Hospital, the Registrar of Births and Deaths will never issue a birth certificate with a citizenship Ghana written on it. So the Chief Justice got it wrong when she thinks that when the nominee, sorry, the Chief Justice nominee got it wrong when she suggested that as if the birth and death automatically gives you a birth certificate with the inscription Ghanaian as soon as you get a certificate. Indeed, there are people who have got birth certificates procured in Ghana, but the citizenship on that certificate is not Ghanaian. Indeed, the nominee also provided her own birth certificate. That birth certificate was issued in the year 2000. I wonder what she used to acquire a birth certificate since she was born in the 1960. I wonder what documents she used to prove to birth and deaths to acquire a birth certificate that reads she's a Ghanaian. Indeed, I can imagine what she used. She might have filled the form and the form would have said that the mother or father was a Ghanaian. And that is all it is to prove that you are a citizen of Ghana. So, Mr. Speaker, I consider that singular decision by the Supreme Court as the biggest miscarriage of justice in our lifetime. It's the biggest miscarriage of justice, and this must not be allowed to stay. Mr. Speaker, to acquire a Ghanaian passport, the first article, the item you are supposed to bring is proof of citizenship. And they said Ghanaian. If you go to the, the website of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs right now, you will see that if you are supposed to get a new Ghanaian passport, the first item you are supposed to provide is birth certificate into bracket proof of citizenship. Mr. Speaker, this is also a proof that apart from the Supreme Court of Ghana, 
every state institution believes that a birth certificate acquired in Ghana with your citizenship marked as Ghanaian is accepted. It is only the Supreme Court who doesn't believe this. Mr. Speaker, this is not about law. The Supreme Court ruling... Mr. Speaker, this is common sense. It is not about law. Because there's nothing in this constitution which gives basis. There's nothing in this constitution which gives basis of what the Supreme Court have done. And not, let nobody, let nobody tells me, tell me that the Supreme Court judges, the Supreme Court judges have a basis in law. There is no basis in law. What they did was a miscarriage of justice. It must be reversed. It must be reversed. Mr. Speaker, if a birth certificate is not proof for citizenship, may I ask the Chief Justice nominee, is she a Ghanaian? And how is she going to prove it? Indeed, when I hear Tokonu, when I hear Saki, when I hear Osei Usu, when I hear Akoja, automatically that should tell me that that person is probably a Ghanaian. Mr. Speaker, go and take even the form you need to fill to acquire Ghana card. Mr. Speaker, the question I ask them is this. Would, would the acquisition of Ghana card actually protect you against the content of Article 8? No. If you acquire a Ghanaian a Ghana card and you go and marry a citizen of abroad, you have lost your citizenship unless you come, you, you deny that marriage. So, Mr. Speaker, it is the biggest concern I have. And I believe that this judgment, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, this judgment by the Supreme Court, and I urge every Ghanaian to respect the Supreme Court and the justices of the Supreme Court and all levels of the court system. And Mr. Speaker, let the Supreme Court actually put their hands on their chest and accept that that singular decision was made in error and walk back and correct it. Because there's nothing in law. I don't have, I don't have to go to law school. I do not have to go to law school to understand that a birth certificate, including her own birth certificate, is a proof, a proof of citizenship. And I hear people that maybe a lawyer should talk to you. I don't need any lawyer to tell me that my birth certificate, her own birth certificate, is proof she's a Ghanaian. If this, if this ruling was procured to make it possible for EC to stop people from using birth certificate to register, then they got it wrong. And Mr. Speaker, we'll take the necessary step. We'll take the necessary step to make sure that the, 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 the respected justice of the Supreme Court accept that on this occasion, they have visited on every citizen of this country the biggest miscarriage of justice and correct that. For them, for us to respect them. Mr. Speaker, the last thing I want to say is this. If we approve this uh, 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 nominee, a very respected lady, uh, a scholarly woman, she's been written a lot, she says she's a woman of faith. The only difference, the only challenge I had was when she kept saying that she's a committed Christian, but when she gets to her courtroom, she doesn't use her faith. I used to think that people's faith actually affect the way they carry out the, themselves in everything they do. But she kept saying that when she leaves the court, she becomes a Christian. When she gets back to the courtroom, she's no longer see herself as a Christian. I find that one controversial, Mr. Speaker. But I want to conclude and urge colleagues to support the, uh, the approval of uh, Justice Tokonu simply because I think she's got what it takes to be a Supreme Court judge. And I am hopeful, Mr. Speaker, that she will be a better Chief Justice than the person she's taking over from. Why do I say this, Mr. Speaker? Under the reign of the outgoing Chief Justice, the level of miscarriage of justice in this country reached a crescendo and must never be repeated. And the, the former Chief Justice must know when she goes, he goes home, this miscarriage of justice rests on his chest. When a Ghanaian cannot use that... Honourable Member... Please, yes, a minute. I see the Minister for Interior on his feet. Yes, please. Yeah, Mr. Speaker, we are we are debating or uh, discussing a consensus on both sides to approve a Chief Justice. Then we are having interventions about the last chief justice, which is not part of the subject matter of this 
Listen, I believe, Mr. Speaker, that in all fairness to the judges already who are disadvantaged, that they cannot be here to respond, that if you could exclude his comments on that, then we would leave that. Mr. Mr. Speaker, that is my intervention. Um, honorable members, we have a nominee to evaluate, to assess, and to approve or disapprove. We have agreed to approve by consensus. I will accept criticisms of the nominee. So far as the criticisms are within the law, that is permitted. But the law itself says they are the final determinants of the law. And so we will definitely listen to members propound their understanding of the law. But that doesn't constitute the law. And so let's permit members to do so with decency and civility. Not use words that offend the law itself. Definitely, the honorable member did not only focus on the nominee. He went ahead to talk about the judiciary as a whole and the Supreme Court in, uh, in particular. Yes, references could be made to that, but please, let's focus on the subject matter. That is the nominee. And from the report that I have read, I think the committee are convinced that she's qualified and worthy of the position to be the Chief Justice of this country. That is why you agree by consensus. So please, let the debate be within this remit. And let's don't raise unnecessary uh, conflict on the floor of the House. So I remember you. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. May conclude. Honorable Speaker, I thank you for your wise counsel. And uh, in conclusion, Mr. Speaker, to state my reason for uh, my disagreement with the respected Justice Tokonu, I use the passport form, the information you provide to get a Ghanaian passport, to prove that those information you provide, when you provide them, is proof of your citizenship. I've used the form you need to fill to acquire a Ghana card. It's the same information you use. So Ghana card cannot be superior than your birth certificate in any way because the details you pro- provide on those forms are just similar. Nothing more. So I don't see why anybody would think that the Ghana card is more superior than your passport or your birth certificate. Mr. Speaker, I've also provided evidence from the Minister of Foreign Affairs which states that your birth certificate is proof of your nationality, Mr. Speaker, and I have evidence from the nominee herself who provided proof of her citizenship using her own birth certificate acquired in year 2000. Mr. Speaker, I want to tell all Ghanaians, if you have a birth certificate genuinely, uh, I mean, issued by the birth centers, you are indeed a Ghanaian, and Article 8 does not preclude you. If you want to challenge, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, you can, anybody can even challenge, anybody can challenge even my citizenship. If you have any evidence that I'm not a Ghanaian, you, it is upon you to prove that I'm not a Ghanaian. But you cannot actually just say that all, all birth certificates... Honorable member, please don't replay what happened at the public hearing. The forms you are referring to are products of a regulation and the regulation is a product of an enactment and the enactment is a product of the groom norm the constitution so when the judges are looking at the product of the regulation which definitely is inferior to the provisions of an enabling act which are also inferior to that of the constitution they take the constitution and interpret the constitution and so the judges i must say the courts are of the view that the right interpretation of the law both the letter and the spirit is what has been delivered in the judgment that we are bound by yes you can criticize but please don't go to the extent of showing that you are not bound by the decision or you are disobeying the orders of the court. That definitely will amount to contempt of court. I know that on the floor you are free to say it. You can speak your mind on the floor and nobody can take you to any court, but I'm just drawing your attention. No, I'm not a law lord. I'm just a speaker. Mr. Speaker, thank you for the opportunity. I never ask anybody to disobey the Supreme Court. Mr. Speaker, all I'm saying is this, that the judgment given by the Supreme Court suggests that the, when you acquire a Ghanaian birth certificate, it is not proof of your citizenship. Mr. Speaker, I am saying, and then I agree with you, I did not see the, any, the content of the judgment that used any content of the Constitution. That actually says that based on this particular provision, your birth certificate is not proof of your citizenship. Mr. Speaker, I will abide, but let the rulings of the court make sense to the ordinary citizen. Let the rulings of the court be enforceable. Mr. Speaker, if we take the ruling of the Supreme Court as a law, 
it is difficult. It will be difficult for me to approve Justice Okonu as a Ghanaian because she has no proof beyond this as a, as a citizen of Ghana. Mr. Speaker, but I will leave this to the, the lawyers. But let them understand that they are not God and they are also interpreting this constitution. This constitution makes sense to me. Their rulings might make sense to me. Mr. Speaker, I thank you for the opportunity. is an equal arm of government. It's an equal arm of government. The good people of Ghana expect to see that the three arms of government are working together for the betterment of all of them. They expect us Cooperate and respect each other and work in the interest of the people. I don't think any of you want to create any impression that we in this house don't respect. any person in the other arms of government. I know that some com comments were made to give an impression that we also here as members of another arm are not to be respected because we said that we are not honorable. Please Two wrongs don't make a right. So let's move away from it. I don't want to have any, any inkling or feeling that there's uneasiness between the legislature and the judiciary. It will not augur well for the governance and the development of this country. So please, I thought that once there's consensus in this matter, we have moved, and I was given the impression by you, the leaders, that this matter has been discussed and done with. And so your comments have really taken me by surprise. I, I said that you can criticize. After criticism, you can is the extent to which and the choice of ways that we use. That, that is my worry. And so, honorable member, even though you have concluded, uh, you seem to have generated some heat. And I, I see people of your ilk saying yes, yes. Yeah. Which I disagree with. <laughs> so, let's, let's calm down and let's give all the respect to the judiciary, the judges, and our colleagues working to dispense justice in this country. We should not give any impression that they've done, at least if you want to do, the due process is there. You can go back to the court for a review or whatever. 
by it is not proper as representatives of the people to say things that may mislead some kind of public discourse that will erode the reputation or effectiveness of the judiciary. One of the foundation pillars of democracy is the rule of law. And once there is no rule of law, there will be no democracy. So please, let's move away from that. I don't expect to see the leaders pointing figures at each other. Please, leadership. Leadership. Lead the house. Lead the house. So I don't expect to see finger pointing from leaders, please. Um, I recognize Honorable Atachia, who was uh, earlier on on his feet. So please, let's hear you. Thank you, Honorable Speaker, for the opportunity to contribute to the debate on the floor. Honorable Speaker, I believe, I believe this hour is an hour of convergence and peace. And therefore, we will not try to fight. Honorable Speaker, I'll crave your indulgence. Yes. Honorable Speaker, because this is a moment of convergence and understanding um, the the heat should go down but I beg to say with the greatest of respect that when you have a tooth challenge you don't go and see a carpenter you see a dentist it's very important anytime you have a tooth challenge you don't go and see a carpenter you should always go and see a dentist. That is why the whole governance system has been partitioned the as it were. Of labor. This is a chamber of lawmaking. It's all clear by the constitution. I don't want to bore you with this matter because you know it already. Article 1251. One, two, one. It's so clear. Then another department of government has the remit to interpret the law. It's not a Gary and B situation in which we are in this chamber and then and then we want to be elevated into the Supreme Court. It's very, very important we get it right. Honorable Speaker, Honorable Speaker, the issue of the issue of citizenship is a constitutional matter. If you pay regard to um, uh, chapter 3 of the Constitution, Article 6, the issue of citizenship is spelled out clearly. And anybody who believes that that provision is wrong, he knows what to do. You know the processes of amendment, which we have given the power to initiate. In this house. Honorable Speaker, I agree with you that any time we are in this chamber and then we veer into territories that are not ours, we will make some serious errors. If you pay regard to the um, um, this decision, which you might want to call it the James Jetsequencing decision, we have lawyers of consequence representing this man. That is uh, Mr. Chikata. And therefore, if this decision is wrong in law, we know what to do. This chamber is not a review, a place of what has been decided by the Supreme Court. This is not an extension of the Supreme Court. Please, 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 please. Please. And therefore, when we are in this high law chamber, and in the name of the power of privilege, we become a review forum, for decision by the Supreme Court, it is my to be desired. 
And Robert Speaker, I want to say this, that we didn't go that route. Those of them who are very, very powerful in the law, they know what to do. Any time you are dissatisfied with a decision of a court of competent jurisdiction, you have to go to the court, the Supreme Court, and go and do the proper review. We should never say, we should never say, it doesn't sound well to me. The Constitution is not your pleasure for it to sound well to you. The interpreters of the Constitution will tell you that this is how we understand it in terms of the Constitution, and then they will take a, a good decision, and if you, if you don't like the decision, you go for review. So, we are a law-making chamber, and I crave your indulgence, we should never assume the role of adjudication. And, my brother, you can consult me on this matter. Free. Yes, and I'll do a pro bono case to, to help you. Yes. So, Honorable Speaker, it's very, very important. If not, it will be very difficult. As far as I, I, are, I totally agree with you, except that your reference to if you have a toothache, you go to a dentist, not to a carpenter. I was trying to. You are, you are my very good friend. And a few years ago, you were counsel to our late illustrious president, Jerry John Rollins. And uh, the case that you did, I'm sure after that, you had some critical words that came out from your mouth. That doesn't mean that uh, you, are, you are not a dentist or a carpenter or whatever. I said that you can criticize. It's the extent to which you go that I referred to and I agreed with those who think that he's gone far. I said, yes, he went too far. So I thought you have left it there. But your statement too has really rubbed it in. And I think that was not in good taste. As, as, as a, a senior counsel, I'm sure you will accept that. And then I expect you to do the proper thing. Then we can move forward. First speaker, I, I withdraw the dimension of my speech in which I said that uh, when you have a toothache, um, you don't go and see a carpenter, but uh, you have to see a dentist. Uh, I, the, 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 the implication of what I was saying that I wanted to talk about the specialization. It's like, it's like a chubby woman who said that she can do facility more than the ever woman. That is what I'm talking about. Yes. Honorable member. Honorable member. She might be able to. You are, you are making it worse. I withdraw. I withdraw. This one, this one, you are swimming in unknown waters. You may go on now. I, 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 I withdraw this comment. And uh, with your permission, I want to move on a little bit regarding the motion. Mr. Speaker, I am of the humble view that the nominee is a symbol of the power of womanhood. It seems to me that um, in recent times, the power of women have been showcased. We have um, her ladyship, Georgina Wood, and then uh, her ladyship, Sophia Kufu. And right now, we have another opportunity uh, to bring another woman, Justice Gertrude Araba Eseba Saki Tokono. Eseba Saki Tokono. Um, when she's approved as a chief justice. I believe the modeling is good for this nation. And any time we want to play down on the power of a woman, the nation will be shortchanged. Years where when they say that our children who are women should not go to school, girls for that matter, and then the men are the ones who are empowered to go to school, um, it's over. Because it seems to me that when we create a space for 
uh, women to flourish, they can become the best. And the history of the judiciary is attesting to that fact. Madam Speaker, I do not have any problem with the scholarship of this great lady. I sat in the uh, um, uh, committee's meeting and I was persuaded that she intends to change the face of the judiciary. Madam Speaker, there is a problem the judiciary is facing in the sense of the backlog of cases. The backlog of cases has come about because there is the situation in which most of the judges are inundated with several cases. And when that comes about, it's like, if I'm not careful, in the hurry to dispense justice because of the backlog, justice could be diluted. This is the time for the problem of people saying we have so many lawyers and, and, and uh, there are problems, so let's stop this situation of bringing our lawyers that we can have so many lawyers, but they will clap for the judges and be in the research department of the judges and then offload serious work that they are doing and that could expedite I mean, justice. If you, if you look at what is happening now, the Court of Appeal is so inundated with cases and the Supreme Court as well because the bottom is, is coming out with a lot of problems. When you see more appeals, it's telling you that the lower courts might be having challenges. And half the time, I come to the conclusion that they are so overburdened that they will not look at justice in the, in the sense of um, quality time and the expense of uh, people going to the court of appeal and the rest of it. So there's necessity to look at that dimension very well. Brothers, because one matter of consequence that I believe um, he spoke, she spoke about that um, 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 I believe is very, very important for um, um, the justice delivery system. Is it possible to look at the promotion of alternative dispute resolution? The issue of alternative dispute uh, resolution has a very important underlying point that it is not every case we should find space in the normal court system to get it through and overwhelmed. There are several case, uh, cases that can be resolved like we have just resolved a serious problem here without too much tension. So that option should be um, explored seriously to um, um, aid justice delivery system. Let's find amicable ways of solving problems. Right now, Speaker, I will come back to uh, the issue of womanhood. Today, we are aware that the intellectual capital of a woman matters. It's not only the body capital of a woman which matters. The intellectual capital. And when we can see that women have intellectual capital to perform, uh, we should, we should free the space for the best to come out of our woman. I am fully persuaded that subject to our approval, if this um, good lady is approved by this house and becomes the Chief Justice, and I think she has longevity on her side, her legacy should be a very, very well-improved justice system to the benefit of all. After all, even we in this chamber, when we have personal legal challenges. The adjudication is for them. So that is the bastion where problems are resolved. And no matter who you are, the law, the law will end in that place. So we should always bear that in mind and see how justice delivery is enhanced. You will not know when you will be the next person to go and deploy that service. I'm grateful to you Mr. Speaker, for this opportunity. Honourable members, let, let me say that traditionally and historically, this country has always acknowledged the intellectual capital of a woman. And that is why any time 
who are having a difficult pace, we are challenged mentally and say, let's go and consult the old lady. It's not now. It's just that along the line, I think some Beshi came and people decided to marginalize women. Was it a Beshi? Beshi? Yes. Beshi. Beshi. Ah, you see. I, I think that it's that that is being done away with now. And I, I don't know whether it's exercising. So please, I will take two more contributions and then we'll move on. Two, not more than two. Um, then I remember for Tamale South, then after that, one from this side, uh, the gentleman over there. The one behind uh, the Minister for Interior. Yes. Yes, please. Mr. Speaker, let me thank you for the opportunity to contribute to the motion for the approval of the President's nomination of Justice Gertrude Araba and Sabasa Kitokono for appointment as Chief Justice of the Republic of Ghana. May I speak a reference have been made to Article 1441 of the Constitution, rightly respected by the President of the Republic, to appoint a Chief Justice for the Republic. Yesterday, Mr. Speaker, I was reading in the news a validatory ceremony in honor of one of the retiring Chief Justices and probably the acting Chief Justice as at this morning, the, uh, the Supreme Court Judge Doche. And Mr. Speaker, today, as you have advised us, I intend to make just three comments, but one to remind our colleagues that all of us passing through law school, I still recall the writing of Bimpong Buddha 2005, the rule of the Supreme Court, in the development of constitutional law. And Mr. Speaker, as you appropriately advise, the Supreme Court is not above the criticisms of the Parliament of Ghana. Indeed, in civilized jurisdictions, and even in Ghana, the Supreme Court or the courts are servants of the legislature. We make the law. They are to interpret the law. That is why we are enjoined not to use language that is ambiguous. When they are interpreting the law, they are supposed to be guided by the words the legislature uses, that members of parliament uses. So nobody should think that freedom of expression is limited only in our bedrooms. In this chamber, we are guaranteed freedom of expression. And that freedom of expression embedded in it is the potency and ability to critique a judgment. If you do not find the judgment pleasant in law, and probably in fact. So, Mr. Speaker, we should be guided by your advice. But, Mr. Speaker, I still recall, and I go to the report of the Appointments Committee where they are talking about independence of the judiciary. And, Mr. Speaker, in Ghana, every other day we are talking about independence of the judiciary, and I seldom want to ask independence to whom? Independence from what? and independence from whom? That is the test judges of the Supreme Court and all other judges must subject themselves from when you say they are independent. In the normative sense, what is the perception and thinking of Ghanaian citizens of our judges? What do they think of them? Do they think that they have been influenced or not? Those persons are important because they need to be assured that they are influenced only by the law and they should be influenced in their decisions only by the law. Because we can see reference in this judgment when the Honorable Minority Leader was asking for the recent judgment in the Jachikwesin case. That has been provided. But Mr. Speaker, again, this is the House of Parliament. Are we not free 
to criticize the judiciary and the Supreme Court of Ghana that did they construe the words before filing of nominations and before elections are those words synonymous? Do they mean the same? Mr. Speaker, I beg to disagree. They probably got it wrong. Before filing nominations cannot be the same thing as at the time of elections. But the legislature make the law. And therefore, they ought to consider all other variables in the determination of the decisions that they make. Yesterday, Mr. Speaker, you swore in a member of parliament for Kumao. At what material time, Mr. Speaker, did you administer the oath of allegiance to him? And therefore, was the Supreme Court making a determination on allegiance to the state? And at what state was Jesse Quinson swearing to an oath of allegiance? Was it at the time of filing or at the time of election? Or when he swore in this chamber to be to, 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 to owe allegiance to the Republic of Ghana? Particularly, Mr. Speaker, Jurisprudence, jurisprudence differ. In some countries, when you express the intention that you have denounced your citizenship, even the next hour, you are no longer a citizen of that country. But at least in the Jetiquesin case, we are told he had expressly renounced the citizenship. Must he be held responsible for those administrative processes and lapses that did not allow him to have a final declaration of it by way of certificate. We leave it to their judgment. But this is what we are saying that the Supreme Court of Ghana must be minded by the decisions they take, the environment in which they take those decisions. If COVID affected those administrative processes, must he suffer injustice because of it when COVID was not his imposition? So, Mr. Speaker, when we say, I have repeatedly advocated, and I still believe so, that Ghana's constitution needs a review. The number of justices of the Supreme Court, in my view, should not exceed 11. But, Mr. Speaker, Justice Arabatokunu, promotion to the Supreme Court and to Chief Justice is only a natural progression for her. And it's with pride for Ghanaian women that beyond Justice Theodora Wood, beyond Justice Sofia Kufu, at the highest level of government, and the highest level of decision making in the public service of Ghana, we have a woman that we can be proud of. But she should go and administer justice without fear or favor or without any influence by the political elite. This is important for her. But Mr. Speaker, I need a copy of that. Mr. Speaker, may I refer you to this article? And probably this is what I pray will be part of her legacy as Chief Justice of Ghana. We are speaking, and I'm referring you to Article 158 of the 1992 Constitution. Before doing so, Mr. Speaker, I must recognize that at the time, I was then Ghana's Minister for Labor, and I know the effort Justice Theodora would put in this matter. I know the effort of Justice Sophia Kufu in this matter but none of them have been able to achieve this constitutional imperative for the judicial service. And Mr. Speaker, Article 158.2, I quote, and for the record, hazard to capture sin, it reads, the judicial council shall act in consultation with the public services commission in Ghana for our purposes today, that will be the Fair Wages and Salaries Commission. And with the prior approval of the president, Mr. Speaker, this is my emphasis, by constitutional instrument, make regulations prescribing the terms and conditions of service of the persons to whom clause one of this article apply. So, Mr. Speaker, when you read this report, the chairman of the committee captures it in his report where he expresses concern about strike actions within the judicial service. Mr. Speaker, judicial strike actions can be fatal because when you hold somebody's liberty and a court or a court is not sitting and you are still holding to that liberty, how are you going to compensate for that liberty? That is why we must work to avoid it. But Mr. Speaker, as I said, unlike what you have done, and Mr. Speaker, I hope I can say this, 
Joy policy for parliamentary service improved under you. Improving on the work of Professor Michael Quay, revising CI 118. There is none for the judicial service of Ghana. That is why you have all these problems of intermittent strikes actions. So I think that the Lady Chief Justice, when she assumes office, must give proper attention to Article 1582 of the Constitution and do good for the judicial service and the workers within the judicial service by making sure that this constitutional instrument, Mr. Speaker, comes to Parliament. Like what you have done in the past for parliamentary service. As a co-equal organ of government, there must be mutual respect. Mr. Speaker, let me now come to the committee's uh, report when it talks about addressing, Mr. Speaker, paragraph 43, protest by staff of the judicial service, as captured by the chairman of the committee on appointment. This is the only way the Lady Chief Justice to be can make a mark administratively and constitutionally. Once upon a time, they were threatening suing. If you sue, you will lose because the constitutional instrument has not worked its journey in this house. And I believe that she is very capable of doing that. Mr. Speaker, legacy of her as Chief Justice, I, I, I believe she will. I'm very confident that she would improve upon the e-justice system and ensure the speedy adjudication of cases. But Mr. Speaker, again, the Supreme Court is not above our criticisms in this House. How come that in some cases they act with alacrity and speed and in some cases they are not? When you talk about uh, the matter involving ratification of mineral resources, in the case which affected Exxon Cuba, the Honorable Suhini and co filed another matter in the Supreme Court regarding the ratification of same matter of mineral rights that has been granted. Why is the Supreme Court sleeping on those matters? They must be seen acting with the same interest and enthusiasm and with the same speed because those matters that were done against Exxon Cubic have been given even to non-Ghanaians. That has not been ratified. You have to come to it. Elevi, our matter is still pending in court. We want to know. Was Parliament properly constituted? Was a minimum threshold of 138 for decision? As is required in that constitutional article met, we need to know. But they cannot be acting, selecting and choosing which matters they must act with speed. No, that does not assure us of confidence in the judicial system and in a judicial system that must be independent and act expeditiously on matters affecting all of us. So, Mr. Speaker, I want to congratulate her. I believe that, uh, as the report says, it is a consensus report. We are still working to demystify uh, law education in this country. Much more can be done to improve legal education in our country. Matters of continuous legal education, she promised, will be part of her attention. But, Mr. Speaker, we say that we are not satisfied with a judgment in relation to uh, our colleague Jesse Quisin. And it is within our right to be critical of them that they did not consider the context and the environment in which they took those decisions, particularly in interpreting the words, filing of nomination and elections. Those words, they are unambiguous words. My friend Atachia, you read cross as I read him. He says that look for the secondary meaning of words only when their primary meanings are absurd. So what could be the absurdity about the words of filing of nomination and at the time of election? Two distinct words with distinct meanings. So Mr. Speaker, I want to uh, commend uh, the appointments uh, committee and believe that the country must have a chief justice. And a chief justice, Mr. Speaker, as you have observed, Mutual respect, co-equal organs of state. There must be respect between us and them. And I believe that your guide here can be very, very useful. But independence of the judiciary should not be anybody's imagination. And then, on the other issue, as I have said, I still share the view that we should limit the number of justices of the Supreme Court. Mr. Speaker, with these comments, as I have said, 
only a matter of natural progression for Justice Araba Esabato Kono to be Chief Justice of Ghana, having risen from the High Court to the Court of Appeal, is only natural that if she's so chosen and recognized by the President, it will have our support. Let's all support her and wish her well, but she should discharge her duties without fear or favor, nor political influence, and uphold her judicial oath. I thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, oh, Chairman, I, I couldn't identify you. That Chairman of the Committee on Constitutional, Legal, and Parliamentary Affairs. Oh, yes. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, I am grateful to the committee, the Appointments Committee, for this report. And I would want to start, and uh, the speaker, with your permission, read a portion of their conclusion, which says, at the last page, the nominee showed character, competence, and dexterity in the knowledge of the law. She pledged to interpret the law without fear or favor, if approved as the Chief Justice of the Republic of Ghana. Mr. Speaker, I'm also grateful for what you have said, that the three arms of government, they exist equally to lead the country. The Constitution has provided us with a lot of other things, inclusive of separation of powers, and a lot of rights that we have to use as a machinery in this country. Mr. Speaker, the judiciary does not exist to serve the legislature. They only interpret the law that we make. And the judiciary is equal to the legislature and the, as well as the executive, as the three arms of government. Mr. Speaker, there was a question that was asked on the bias of the judiciary. I never had the opportunity to sit at the appointments committee, but the learned judge had an answer and is part of the report which is at page 14. And she said, and Mr. Speaker, if I may quote, in responding to the question of bias on the part of the Supreme Court, the nominee emphasized that a unanimous verdict by the court shows that the law totally, the law is totally on the side of the party who won. She reiterated that unanimous decisions by court underscore the fidelity of judges to their judicial oath because judges are 